Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this wonderful podcast of You've Got This. You are joining us on Monday, February the 13th. Mm -hmm. As you are on your way to work or maybe even on your way home, we know that tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. You too. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Whether you have a valentine or not, you are still worthy of love. Today, we have a very interesting topic, but before we get on that, this is the first time that you are actually joining me for a podcast, Mm -hmm. and so welcome, Pastor Rina. This is my wife, for those of you who do not know her. Uh, Some people don't even realize that you are my wife because you are usually helping out with our children or doing other things here at Bethel, Mm -hmm. but uh, soon you're going to be joining us in a different capacity here to head up our pastoral counseling ministries. So that, uh, again, because today's topic, we're actually going to be talking about sexuality. So she said, oh, goodness, you know, for this to be the podcast she jumps in on for the first time, you don't want to just be labeled, I'm offering pastoral counseling, and people are going to think, oh, that's the thing. (laughs) Uh, We know that there are many needs that people have in their life, and that will be available on our website if people want to check that out. If you'd like to know more, you can reach out to Pastor Rina at BethelNE.com. That is P-A-S-T-O-R-R-E-I-N-A at BethelNE.com. Hopefully it will appear yes. on the screen if you're watching. Yes. Or via counseling YouTube. at yes. BethelNE.com. Oh, that's easier. Counseling yeah. at yes, BethelNE.com. Even easier. easier. Yes. So as we edge into that, also something else that we do that we like to make people aware of is uh, about once a year, you and I offer a marriage course here at Bethel. Mm-hmm. And the marriage course is based out of a beautiful curriculum that's used in England. It's called the Alpha Courses. And it has since spread all over the world. So we knew this when we were in Holland. Yep. And we've integrated it here and kind of Americanized it more in the United States. We've run two courses thus far. Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of teaching a course where we have about 11 couples who are part of it. And I just think it's so helpful. Yes, for sure. And one of the yeah. major facts is, too, it's like, I think it's it's easier to get a driver's license than a marriage license. Yeah, exactly. And, and so yeah. marriage it's is, not is a lifelong all. commitment. Yeah. It's important. And one of the aspects of marriage is sexuality. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in the society that we live in, and some of it is based on past things, um, and, and we want to frame this for you in a proper context so that you know what the gist is of this podcast But uh, our uh, sexuality is really, in America, it's been shaped by what people thought, and I'm going to use the word thought, were puritanical views about the human body and sexuality. But really what was more influential in our culture is what was referred to as the Edwardian movement. Mm -hmm. And in the Edwardian movement, like it wasn't proper to talk about your body. It wasn't proper to name body parts. You could not say, I have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Everything was very suggestive. Yeah. And then there was also a lot of shame or attached to these things. And I think that we want to remove some of that barrier. Mm-hmm. You had shared with me the other day a funny meme that you saw online. Uh, what was that meme about, by the way? It was, it was like a black and white meme. And it said, the top said something like, oh, grandmother says, oh, it's all about sex nowadays for young people. And then underneath it was actually a picture of her family of origin with like the mom and dad and then about, you know, 18 children or so. (laughs) So that kind of just shows obviously sex was happening even back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, it's just not something that people discuss at all. They just made it seem like 
it was not happening, even though these kids just kept showing up. <laughs> no, and I think it's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Also, within the context of church tradition, and I think uh, for us to frame this, it is our genuine belief, you and I, uh, sitting here, and we know there are all different shades that people might practice and do, mm -hmm. but we have chosen in our own life to live according to the biblical standard, yeah. and that is uh, one husband and one wife. Uh, so that is a monogamous relationship within the context of marriage. And so we are going to talk about what we're going to talk about within that context. Mm -hmm. We understand that there are people that have experienced uh, hard things, whether it be trauma, whether they've experienced uh, multiple relationships mm -hmm. with the opposite sex, or even some people that uh, deal with same-sex attraction. That topic I am going to use for another podcast. Yes. So we're having Next a specialist month. come in, and she and I are going to speak about that together. Uh, but for today, we want you to be aware we are talking about the context of marriage first, yeah. because that was God's original design. When you read the creation story, you see that God created Adam and Eve, and he had given them for one another within the context of marriage. And one of the most beautiful things that the Bible says is that he made them to become one flesh. And we understand that in the act of sexual intimacy, that is when a couple becomes one flesh. Mm -hmm. So right from God's paradise plan, like this is not the fall and this is not deviance. Mm -hmm. This is the pure plan of God. Yes. From God's original pure plan, he made it so that one man and one woman could be partners for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Yes. And so yeah. sexuality is something that helps couples. Um, grow together. Mm -hmm. It is something that helps them stay together. It serves mm -hmm. an important, healthy, not only biological function, mm -hmm. it serves also a psychological, emotional, and let's, yes. you really, let's be Christian about this, mm -hmm. a spiritual yes, function as well. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that is something that is deeply forgotten. People oftentimes think of uh, kind of like these sexual gurus with teachings out of India and other places. And it's like that. That's too creepy for me. Yeah. Like, I'm a Christian, and I view sexuality within the biblical framework. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, throughout the history of the church, and this is referring uh, way back to even uh, Roman Catholic teachings, but sexuality was really, especially in the context of marriage, uh, at one point they were really trying to push this thing of it is only for procreation, meaning mm -hmm. reproduction. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, like, there was supposed to be nothing enjoyable about it. It, that was its function. Mm -hmm. Now we understand sexuality has such an important function, and the Bible has been pointing this out from the very beginning. Yeah. There are some things that we want to discuss today, and uh, some of the light, a light just went out in yeah. here, but we're going to keep going for you guys. Exactly. Uh, but in any case, uh, we want to talk about those things yeah. with one another today. So why don't we jump in? to some important topics. And again, mm -hmm. it's not going to be exhaustive. We're just going to hit some highlight points. Exactly. But let's get in on the first one. How would you see that, hun? How do you feel that sex helps a marriage, uh, a couple? Um, I think mainly, like you said, it has many, many different components. But I think especially kind of like the bonding and attachment that happens. And I think what's so special about marriage is that you you know, you have this bond with someone that's very unlike the bond that you have with anyone else. Yeah, you know, true. it's like you can be close with your parents, with your best friends, with your siblings, um, which is 
important and good to have, but there is no bonds such as the one that you have with your spouse. And I think really it's something worth it to um, pay attention to, to invest in, and to really just cherish and kind of cultivate that bond that you have together. We'll talk more about how that can be cultivated. There are two kind of uh, stories or analogies I'd like to use just to help us in our understanding, even for that idea of attachment. Um, The Bible has a book that's actually devoted to love and romance. It's called The Song of Solomon Mm -hmm. or The Song of Songs. And mainly it speaks about sexuality within the context of a couple who is deeply and passionately in love with one another. And they are not shy. No, Their language is not shy. Even when we translate it into the English language, we're actually a little bit more prudish with the translation. As we're in the Hebrew language, it is more descriptive. Very descriptive. It it actually has this kind of erotic quality. And we're so not used to hearing that word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, God views marital monogamous sexuality as a spiritual and important entity. Mm -hmm. And one such story that kind of comes from the Jewish tradition uh, has to do with the house of the rabbi. And there was a story when uh, Jewish people were kind of settled throughout Eastern Europe in these little towns. They said they could always tell which house was the rabbi's because of the glory of God that was descended upon it, meaning his marital passion and union with his wife was the strongest out of anyone living in Mm. the village. Mm. So it just goes to show you they linked genuine, true spirituality with romantic um, passion, especially within marriage. And then also when we say the word prudish or Puritan, a lot of the writings of our founders of this country that were Puritans, they wrote and their love poetry from husbands to wives and wives to husbands Not only is it absolutely beautiful, it is very personal, Mm. it is very romantic, it is even very sensual, Mm. because they wrote it to one another. And we would think, oh, these people that seem so, you know, rigid, and no, 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 like they believed that their marriage was something that was so important, and that the sexual relationship that they shared with their spouse was a godly, spiritual relationship. And I think that that's missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times in Christianity. So people will kind of like look elsewhere. Exactly. And kind of thinking, you know, being spiritual, it's like what you kind of do on Sunday, like you go to church or when you're home, you know, like reading your Bible, like that's spiritual. And then the rest, especially sexual intimacy, that's of the flesh, you know, kind of like a hobby, something that it's like a desire that's there. But, you know, sometimes people feel like almost shouldn't, you know. And I think a major portion of that is taking away the taboo, Mm -hmm. especially when we have children that grow up in our homes or grandchildren. And it's not to say be graphically explicit, but being able to talk about it in a healthy manner is very helpful, Mm -hmm. especially with children and people nowadays really struggling with identity and struggling with sexuality. I think all the more it's important that we as Christians have a voice in this. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also... You know, we get our we base our life on the word of God. And also, you know, we don't want for ourselves and also not for our kids to if they are looking for information and they are thinking things and they're feeling things. Who do you ask? You know, your friends, the kids on the bus or, you know, it's like really I the, the home is a better place to talk about this when you have parents that really. Um, you know, base their lives on the word of God. And you can find it 
a wealth of resource mm-hmm. in the word of word of yes. God, even about this topic. Most definitely. There are struggles that people have mm-hmm. uh, in the area of sexuality, especially within their marriage. It's not always easy. Mm-hmm. People run into uh, certain problems or obstacles. So we do want to talk about those certain issues that people can face. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, let me start with the first one is uh, it becomes a problem in marriage when um, sex is the only time that intimacy is shown. And we don't yeah. want to like broad blanket. However, this tends to be a male problem. Like men only show affection when they want sex. Mm -hmm. And for women, that can be a turnoff. It's Mm -hmm. almost like, great, like you're not showing me love in your words. You're not showing me love and affection. You're not showing me. Or when you do then show affection in some way, then it's like, oh, we know what he wants. (laughs) It's going to automatically (laughs) lead to something else. It has to lead to sex, you know? So it's kind of being shown as kind of a hint, like, all right, like of something that's to come. Yeah. And that really, it shouldn't be that way. You know, if sex, if that's the only time and place when any physical contact is happening mm-hmm. or when physical contact is only happening as kind of leading up to it and mm-hmm. not separate from it, yeah. you know, that's really not, that's where a lot of couples really struggle and where mm-hmm. you sometimes get tension, yeah. you know, when people, and of course, sometimes or many times it might be women that mm-hmm. say that, yeah. you know. Um, but it could also be the other way around, yeah. of course. So I would say from most of the talks we've ever had with people, it's yeah. mostly you know relegated to the guys. Yeah. But there are things that women do, and some men could do these, but it's mostly women that we see this happening. Mm-hmm. So one of the other problems is, is when sex is used as a weapon yeah. or kind of the lack thereof or not having it is almost yeah. like a punishment. Yeah. When yeah. you don't act or you don't do things the way that I want yeah. you to do them, then, yeah. you know, or... You didn't come home on time. You know, it could it could have a plethora of reasons. Yeah. But we have run into that as well. Why is it dangerous for people to treat sex like a weapon then? Um, it's, you know, it just makes it something that's just completely separate from everything else. Yeah. You know, like it really, sex should really come out of just a love and affection that you have for one another in general. And not just, mm-hmm. you know, as something that's like just kind of like a hobby mm-hmm. <laughs> that you do sometimes yeah. you yeah. know and that you want to do with the other but if the other is not behaving then i'm not gonna let you have it you mm-hmm. know that's very detrimental to a relationship and really in these things and also with any kind of conflict it's what is the purpose yeah. of it like what are you trying to reach you know if you are almost keeping your spouse from sexual intimacy because you know they're not doing what you want to do or when you want to do it. Um, it's pretty much what you're saying is really you just you want to be close to them and you want yeah. them to closeness spend, should be the goal. Yeah, yeah. You and yeah. you want them to spend time with you. Yeah. So then when you kind of just push them away in that sense, you mm-hmm. really just accomplish the opposite. Yeah, it's where like you're say, not, say what you need to say. Yeah, say yeah. what you want to yeah. say to reach like I miss the you. I want to spend time with you yeah. instead of saying. You know, you were so busy with this. I didn't see you all day, so now I just stay away from me. Pretty much, and and again, uh, sex is a normal desire that people yeah. have. I've, yeah. I've I've talked to men and women sometimes that like felt guilty for having what yes. I would consider like normal desires. Yes, and their spouse was just like, no. Yeah. And that can be very hard on people because it it is a genuine desire that they want to fulfill with the right person. Yes, exactly. And, and I think in that. Uh, in that way too then as a spouse it's good to 
consider that you mm-hmm. know because sometimes when it's like oh I just don't feel like it. It is when you see it as a whole, as a way to really just bond. And when someone wants to be with you and have sexual intimacy, that's a good thing. Like they want to be with you. you. (laughs) It's like, do you want them to be with you or with someone Mm -hmm. else? You know? And we understand like there's an extreme that, you know, again, if you're watching and there are bad things happening in your sexual relations with your spouse that are deviant and we're going to get into that. Yeah. But again, like kind of preface the fact we're talking about what I would consider normal, healthy sexual relations. Yes, Where exactly. no one is being forced or to do things that they don't want to do. Or if someone is using or abusing you, yes. and then it just in, in daily life, but then they do want to have sex, and of course that's, yeah, that's also something yes, well. that needs to be and again, addressed. Uh, we, we know we're trying to talk about this, and there are so many things that yeah. can make this loaded. Yeah. We're trying to do the unloaded version, but do want to give credence to the fact that there are people struggling yeah another thing is when sexual acts become deviant Mm -hmm. there are many people that are male and female it's actually rising more now than ever before yeah of men and women who are being influenced by pornography Mm -hmm. and so when pornography or um other deviant things so uh it was a trend in holland i know the same as here it's like swingers couples having sex with other couples trying to include other people in to that relationship, people wanting to have sex with someone else while remain married to their spouse. Yeah. And you could think we're like totally crazy for saying this. If you're a believer, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's not only sure. adultery, it's so many other things. Yeah. And what people's desire is, is they want to act out mm-hmm. what is really considered deviant sexual practices yeah. within the context of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And that can hurt your partner. Yes, And not only sure. hurt your partner, you are hurting yourself. Yeah, because sexually you're kind of like numbing yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what should be a very natural form of arousal and even being able to have an orgasm is impossible Mm -hmm. because you need all these other things in order to stimulate that to get to that point. And, you know, it's and it really it, it really is an addiction, too, you know, and with many addictions, what you see is you need more of it and more or heavy of it to come to the same results yeah. you know so that kind of makes it a very slippery slope yeah um you know to to be on and we'll talk a little bit about how people can find hope and yes. healing even in the midst yeah. of that like no one is so far gone no that they cannot be helped yeah another thing is when past trauma hurt or shame get in the way mm-hmm. sometimes people feel sexually blocked because of things that have gone on in their life yeah and those those are normal things yeah there are many people who have experienced that men and women Mm -hmm. additionally there are also medical and emotional issues that can arise uh within uh sexual intimacy um for women and men that are physiological problems and a lot of times people instead of addressing it up Lights back on again. Yeah. Instead of dealing with it, um, people tend to feel ashamed, yeah. isolated. Yeah. And there's no need for that. Like and they it, let it go on for a long, yes. long amounts of time because they're afraid to discuss it or just find help for yeah. it. And there's good, there's good psychological help. There's yeah. good medical help out there. Yeah. So again, if these are areas of struggle, don't feel ashamed and don't feel alone by getting the help that you need and include your spouse in that. Yeah. Like definitely, you, you, it doesn't yeah. have to be a lonely road that you're walking down by yourself. Exactly. It is good for your spouse to kind of just hear, you know, sometimes it's hard to kind of word what you're thinking or what you're feeling or why it is that you are feeling that way um, to kind of come up with the words yourself. And that's kind of what happens in 
counseling you know Mm -hmm. it's like with a counselor they help you kind of just voice it and really figure out you know why do you feel this way or what might be the cause of that and then it's nice to involve your partner in it you know Mm -hmm. that if they could come to the sessions or even if it's medical that you go to your gp and you bring your spouse with you and you kind of discuss it together so it doesn't become this individual issue where it's like that's his issue or my issue and you're just all alone in it yeah it helps to bring such a healthy and a good sense of understanding yeah there are areas that can help within a marriage so if you feel like maybe you're stuck in the rut Mm -hmm. you've hit a wall there's a bump uh what i love about relationships is we actually do get a reset button yes and this was a beautiful thing um Later on this year, we're going to have a couple, Susan and Tony Palo, they teach a marriage kind of seminar, mm-hmm. and they do a wonderful job. But one thing that they taught all of the people when we have the class with them is you always get a chance to reset. Yeah. And I love that. Like yep. every relationship gets a reset, but especially your marriage. Allow yeah. yourself to say, wow, like we've hit a wall. Yeah. Things are not well, but let's reset this and make it better. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to wait till it's, you know till you're in dire straits no. to do this this is something you know kind of <clears throat> excuse me kind of with a computer you know or your phone really those need updates regularly and what happens is when it's updated it does the updates mm-hmm. and then it shuts down and it starts all over again i, know, I think that's funny whenever we offer the marriage course and genuinely people come to me and they're like our marriage is good yeah and I said, oh, well, that's nice. Like, it's not only meant if your marriage is bad. Yeah. And one thing I like is you and I get to teach it each time. Mm-hmm. But every time I teach it, I feel like it's a refresher course. It, yes, o- it only sure. serves to help us. Oh, so, yeah. There's always things that, you know, topics that you've never discussed or certain insights where you're like, wow, that's so interesting. Or these are things that I'm thinking or feeling or things that we run into, yeah. you know, because many times people feel like, we're the only ones. Oh, exactly. I think everyone you, likes to island yeah, themselves. Yeah. We're the only couple who goes through exactly. this or Exactly, and then you're there. This. And even though, you know, things, it's not like you get super detailed, but still in a whole group with a mm-hmm. bunch of couples, you know, people kind of just open up just about little things. No. And then it definitely helps others to feel like, oh, my gosh, we're not the only no, ones, exactly. you know. It's therapeutic. It's almost yeah. like when you're talking and listening to others, there's a sense of, Again, I'm not alone, and we can work on this, and we can come through this. Yeah, exactly. And also kind of just maintenance in general. You know, like you don't go – of course, sometimes we replace things as they are on the verge of dying or dead. But, I mean, ideally, we do that before that happens. It's kind of like the idea of preventative medicine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let's just keep your body healthy versus let it get sick. Yeah. And the same goes for your marriage. Work on making your marriage healthy. Yeah. And especially the aspect of sexuality within your marriage or sexual intimacy. Yeah. Uh, Some things that we want to do that can kind of help with any of these problems, and we'll we'll go through them. also, I guess, yeah, we have plenty of time to do that. But the yeah. first one is learning to make love, quote unquote, with your words or express love, quote unquote, with your actions. Yeah. The biblical book of Song of Solomon is packed with just making love with words. I love uh, at one point uh, when the woman is expressing the love to the man, she says, let me kiss him with the kisses of my mouth for his love is better than wine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those it, it's so poetic. It's mm-hmm. so deep. Um, in the modern world, for our younger viewers that are watching, I kind of compare the Book of Song of Songs to the song by John Mayer, Your Body is a Wonderland. 
Um, like being in love and being intoxicated with your partner mm -hmm. and being able to express those things uh, from a man to a woman and from yeah. a woman to a man uh, is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's not only words, because we know that words can be cheap. If it's only compliments and no actions follow, mm -hmm. then it's like this shallow pool. But at least it's something to at least have compliments. Because yeah. I know some people don't even really do that. Yeah. You know, and they feel like a general feel, hopefully, of appreciating and loving your partner. But really, you know, whether you are married to someone who really needs to hear those things or not, some mm -hmm. people, they want you to really just yeah. say it. And other people are not as much like it. However, it's still good for everyone yeah. to say it and to hear it. One of the jokes about expressing love and uh, for the marriage course, I do this. I take a picture. And I tell the people in the class, like, uh, please, like, just a cautionary thing. I'm about to show you a pornographic image. And what I do is I show them a picture of a man vacuuming the house. <laughs> and then all the ladies are hysterical laughing and the guys start laughing. You know, it's like really just by doing things for your spouse. Mm -hmm. That is also a way of showing love. And yeah. we talk yeah. about the term foreplay in sex is like all the things that lead up to it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that leads up to it. Sex is not only just an isolated thing. Right. There's many things. It's it's cerebral. It's mm -hmm. a brain thing. It's yes. an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Like we said, it's a spiritual thing. There are so many components. And so by taking the time to care for your partner, and that's really what it comes down yeah. to, is caring for the one that you love the most, that yeah. is part of your life that you are legally bound to mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then spiritually bound to, you want to show them and express that love more than anything. Exactly. And not just as a way to have sex later on, no. but it should be just a general kind of tone tone and yeah. vibe that you have in your marriage yeah. where you do express your love for each other and do things for each other. Yeah, And I mean, I think especially if you have a family, mm -hmm. it's wonderful when children can see that their parents love each other, even if they yes. gush or like, oh, my gosh, or yeah. roll their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> better that they better that they experience that yes. than that they never see their parents express love in words yeah. or show affection to one another or do kind gestures yeah. to each yeah. other. Yeah, I definitely. think that that's so crucial. Another area is learning to express what you feel versus using sex against your partner. And we kind of already said this yeah. about weaponizing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it just a little bit, mm. but let's kind of flesh that out a little bit better yeah. than for people. Yeah. So why don't you well, uh, help us out? Yeah, I think many times, you know, we we feel all kinds of feelings and instead of for ourselves kind of identifying what they are and expressing them, then we just, you know, burst out like mm. we and many well, times. It's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Either you just implode where you just withdraw. And, you know, give someone the silent treatment <laughs> or you just explode and you just let it all <laughs> loose, you know. Yeah, And we, you don't want to do that. No. And it's realizing that, of course, and especially, you know, usually it, it comes out in anger mm -hmm. um, and people are never just angry for mm -hmm. no reason. There's emotions behind that. People are very sad. People are disappointed. People are frustrated. So instead of just exploding and going off on someone. It's good to kind of think for yourself, like, all right, what am I really feeling? And yeah. of course, it, that also means you have to be vulnerable yes. with someone. Like, it's almost easier to say, like, um, you know, you're a jerk for being late. Then I'm sad because I was really looking forward to spending more time with you. And now that you're meeting at work for late, we have less time together. Yeah. 
Which it's, it's like when you hear the second one versus yeah. the first one, it's like, wow, I never want to be late again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Then it's a nice motivation to yeah. come home to like, oh, wow, you know, he or she really missed me and wants to be with me. Um, and it's sad that they couldn't yeah. instead of just, you know what, just, yeah, why don't you just have meetings every night to stay away as late as you want, as long as you want. I don't care. Yeah. No, because you really do care. Exactly. And so it's important to say mm-hmm. what you really feel. Yeah. For those that have experienced sexual deviance, I think the reset button is extremely important in that. Mm-hmm. Aside from getting help from a professional um, if, if you really feel trapped because of it, yeah, there are psychologists that specialize in sexual health mm-hmm. um, uh, and also Christian. So if you need resources for that and you want to know more and you just email counseling, again, what you email to that is private. It doesn't go anywhere else no. other than to you. Yes. Um, just so that if you're watching and you know, like when we know these things and I've heard these things about people, it does not shade our view of them. Mm, we no, want people to get not. help. Yes, uh, genuinely from the bottom of our heart and would never want yeah. them to feel shaded in that. And many times what people feel is an insurmountable problem yeah. or issue really turns out it's not, yeah. you know, when it you break it down. Yeah. And yeah. when you can, you can help it and no. do something about it. And I think what you said too, just about resetting, especially in these situations, it's just kind of going back to the basis, yeah. you know, yeah. and when you feel like things have just gotten out of hand, um, you just bring it back to almost like dating level. Mm-hmm. You know, you like hold hands. Um, well, I think even in our culture, though, it jumps so quickly. Yeah. So a lot of people have never really dated. No. True. You know, it, it's like yeah. what you know what that's like is building on a relationship, yes. even yes. even in the affection that you show. Yeah. So when you reset, especially if you feel like you've had a deviant sexual past that is kind of inhibiting you from experiencing the true joy of sexuality within a christian marriage yeah uh by resetting and that means like a fast quote unquote like you just stop Mm -hmm. you've got to agree with your partner on this together and be on the same page like just don't go do this on your own and not say anything (laughs) and then being confused as to what's going on but that you learn to start from the beginning and you redevelop intimacy and it's almost like recalibrating your relationship Mm -hmm. your mind your body even your spirit as a as a christian and then take time in that relationship to slowly yes. reintegrate things. Yeah. So just even touching, like holding hands, mm-hmm. cuddling, yeah. without sexual touching exactly. or fondling. Without it leading up to it. No, like taking know? the yeah. time to just enjoy that moment, yeah. that embrace, that, yeah. that love. Um, I think Song of Solomon also kind of points to this too. It's the sense of like just being embraced by your lover. You are theirs and it says, I am yours and yeah. you are mine. Yeah. Like, just have that moment. Let that moment exist and, and enjoy the close physical contact mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without actually, again, let's just be frank here, without having to do the deed. Yeah. Another area is caressing mm-hmm. or kissing. Um, and again, it's just nice to, like, when's the last time you just made out with your spouse mm-hmm. for fun? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's okay to have that moment mm-hmm. uh, with one another. Enjoy that. And then from there, that sense of fondling where you're, uh, touching areas of the body that lead to arousal mm-hmm. and that's okay but again because you're experiencing arousal doesn't mean you need to jump like experience the arousal let it die down mm-hmm. and then wait yeah and because it, it's helping uh retrain your body and your mind again yeah. 
The other thing is some couples have difficulty even with uh, nudity or nakedness with mm-hmm. one another. A lot of times uh, with body image, people can yeah. feel like that you know they don't look yeah. like someone yeah. and or they don't measure up. And this could be men or women, yes, depending absolutely. on what they've been exposed yeah. to. But when you can just kind of be comfortable with your own body, that does make you a more sexually attractive person. Yes. Well, like they said, too, it's just it's it's in the mind (laughs) and confidence too. you exude confidence when that's how you feel about yourself. Uh, If you feel very insecure, um, you know, that's definitely going to inhibit you as well and make things uncomfortable for you and also for the other person. Now, we know that there are sometimes people that need help in reframing their sexuality Mm -hmm. because issues do happen. Um, And if you don't address it, I think what you've experienced just in light of the work that you did in Holland was it just comes back. Yeah. Like worse. You know, if you don't deal with shame. Yeah. Guilt, trauma, abuse. Yeah. They, d- they don't just hide themselves. No. And they, even they, uh, if they, do, yes, yeah. exactly. And even if they seemingly do for a while, it's, you know, it's just almost kind of, you know, pushing a balloon underwater. You can do yeah. it for a certain amount of time, but at one point it's popping up. Yeah. And it really, it does. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very common. And like I said, as, as we kind of prefaced already, like, don't let the shame no. and the guilt. Or the uncomfortable aspects of trauma hold you back. Yeah, exactly. And this goes, again, let me just speak to the guys for a moment, because sexual trauma is oftentimes just kind of relegated to women. Mm -hmm. But I've known many men who have also experienced sexual trauma. And they just feel like, well, I'm a guy like this should not have happened to me. But it does. It happens to men and women. Mm -hmm. But there is hope. Yes. There is healing. And there is a way that you will be able to really enjoy sex with your partner mm-hmm. without all of the shame or guilt or inhibitions or hurt holding you back anymore. Yeah, exactly. And just sharing that, I mean, with your spouse and then also with a counselor or, you know, with a person who is capable of dealing with that mm-hmm. and helping you in it is really, it's uh, it's going to make a big difference. Most and, definitely. And the, yeah. And so the first step is just talking about it. And not having it, you know, be something that's just you and you struggling with it and, yeah, just being alone in it. Sex was also something, there there was a book, uh, I think it was given to us when we were in Bible school. It was called Intended for Pleasure. It's it's more like a manual than anything, like this longer book. But (laughs) what what they talk about is sexual dysfunctions that can arise. Mm. So with men, uh, things like erectile dysfunction. With women, there are other dysfunctions that can arise as well. Um, there is a medical treatment. There are medical things that can be done to help people in these particular areas. Yeah. I think oftentimes people can feel ashamed, like I said. Uh, sometimes because of injuries, things happen as well. Yeah. So it's just understanding, like, sexuality within the context of marriage is a very broad scope. Yeah. So even for those uh, that really say it's medically so uh, bad, that you're unable to experience something like an orgasm, like other sexual experiences are still important. Yeah. You know, bonding with your spouse, mm-hmm. like the body is the whole body, even the skin is yeah. a sexual organ. Yeah. And it's being able to experience the full range of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, seeking help in this area, uh, firstly, by starting just going to your general practitioner. Yeah. Like we said, I would recommend that you go with your spouse. Don't let it just be something you do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell your spouse like things I 
whether it be you might feel it's hormonal mm -hmm. or yes. something has changed. Yeah. I know uh, we've also encountered things, certain women after childbirth, yeah. uh, that things were not sewn up correctly mm -hmm. that led to major discomfort. Yes. So just by being able to go back to the doctor and having that fixed makes a world of difference. Yeah. And uh, again, these are just, no I, I want you to realize these are normal things. Yes, exactly. Like everyone yes. experiences yeah. them. Yeah. And so please be willing to, number one, uh, address the fact that you're dealing with it. Talk to your spouse about it. Go to your GP and then see what further help uh, you can get just to help you be able to experience the joy of sexuality. Because yeah. healthy couples who are able to can experience sex all the way up into the 80s 90s oh, yes. and people yep. think it's not true no i've known many of people that work in nursing homes and mm -hmm. there's a lot of bed hopping going yes, on there yes a lot <laughs> so, and stds as yes well. so yep. it's like uh <laughs> sex is not just relegated for teenagers no for young people yep. sexual attraction and desire especially in marriage can be something that binds you to your spouse mm -hmm. until a very old age. Yeah, yeah. And you should want that to yeah, be the case. Exactly, exactly. And even your GP, really, there's, you know, they have seen it all, heard it all. So yeah, don't definitely. be <laughs> don't be embarrassed or afraid to seek help if you need it in that area. And closing up, we want to just express a few things about healthy ways of developing and expressing sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. As I said in this episode, intimacy begins in the brain, and yeah. we don't realize that. And as I said, the words we say, the things that we do, but even the way we communicate with one another, mm -hmm. has a, it plays out in that big yeah. time. Yeah. And I know that you and I, we do have a habit of just making sure that we do speak to each other in a nice way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's kind of comical. You know, we say please and thank you to one another, uh, even for the most mundane things that go on, mm -hmm. because it's never just like you do this for me. Right. It's 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 just that, like you said, uh, the general environment and attitude. Yes. You know, some shows they'll talk about your bedroom, you know, like almost like not having messiness, you know, to create intimacy, mm -hmm. uh, making the bed nice with good sense. Well, that's important. But also just your relationship itself is extremely important. Yeah. And so working on that is key. Also taking moments to bond and connect with your spouse truly. Realize that you're still dating even when you're married. And yeah. this is something that we talk about in the marriage class yes. too. So yes, for sure. why is this important? And, you know, how have we, you know, determined that in our own marriage that would be helpful to people? What, what do you want to tell us about that one? Well, I think, you know, and maybe especially in the Christian world, but even, or a Christian or not, sometimes people, they feel like, oh, I just can't wait to be married. You know, you there's a lot of work that goes into even a wedding, mm -hmm. and then you're married, and then it's like, okay. Yeah, so all the then, work is done. Yeah, and then that's kind of it. Whereas, really, now you still have, the longest road is still ahead of you. Yes. You know, you just barely got started. And I think it really, instead of feeling like, you know, the first few years it's fun, and then, life just creeps in you have kids and then or not you have careers mm -hmm. whatever you know whatever be. whatever yeah. it is life happens and life keeps going on and that you feel like well this is just kind of it it's like really you can make your relationship better mm -hmm. uh, as time goes on and the nice thing is that yeah you could feel like you're just dating and how many people you know have we not heard of where it's like the kids are you know they're done with college they fly the nest and then people are empty nesters and then they feel like who are you yeah. you know like yeah. we've 
grown apart. We've lived two separate lives. You know, that's many times a reason why people break up. It's kind of like, oh, we're still best friends, but mm. we just grew apart. No. And I think in our marriage, too, we definitely make it a priority to really spend time together and always to realize before or and after kids, mm. it, it all started with the two of us. Yes. And even when our kids are flying in the nest and they have their own lives and their own families, then mm. they're still you and I together. Yeah. And even outside of your family, just your relationship with your work or colleagues yeah. or friends, yeah. it is not the same as your marital relationship. No, a no. marital relationship is a God-instituted, God-ordained, God-blessed entity. Yeah, It's the most special relationship yeah. you can have For outside life. of your relationship yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. And I think that we need to be so uh, cognizant of that. Yeah. Another area is showing non-sexual affection. So we've spoken about this more yeah, in the exactly. reset. Yeah. But I think even couples who have not been uh, hurt by sexual deviance, mm -hmm. uh, just start making this part of your marriage again. Yeah. Yeah. Just hold someone's hand. Yeah. You know, just hug them. Yeah. Another thing that I put in quotes here was love taps. And some of you might not be like, what is that? It's not being gross or weird, but it's just kind of like tapping your spouse on the bottom or... Uh, just the way that you hold them or do something, it's just showing affection to yeah, them. Yeah. And so doing those things is just a lot of fun and it creates really like kind of like that spark. Yeah. I and think that, that kind that's of that adorable. playfulness, yeah. you know. I think people get so robotic about things. Yeah, exactly. It's like really be playful, yeah. enjoy the time. Even if you're like chasing down the person to give them a hug, mm -hmm. those are funny moments to enjoy with one another. Um, another area is writing love notes and expressing desires in words, the, mm -hmm. the power of a note. Yeah. Uh, there are people sometimes they write things on the bathroom mirror. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it, it gets faded away. Yeah. So, uh, but just by leaving a note for your partner in a place that they can find it mm -hmm. uh, just means a lot. We do have text messaging, which is also possible. I don't know. I kind of stay away from that. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not a big truster of digital communication. <laughs> if it communication. gets to the wrong person, it can get kind of awkward. Yeah, so again, <laughs> writing a note to someone or even just expressing it in your own words. Yeah. Uh, another area that we know that people have always struggled in is uh, taking time or making the time to make love to their partner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not McDonald's for the most part, mm. it, especially. I don't want to relegate this only to women. I think there are men. That can also feel used if the relationship, if something's wrong. Yeah. But it's taking the time. Like making love to someone is an art. Mm -hmm. And that person and yourself should just feel like like the whole world doesn't exist. Exactly. And that there and is not that sacred, you're in a rush to. Yeah, like the sacred yeah. amount of time yeah. that you do have with one another. Mm -hmm. And so don't be in a hurry. Also, we know that in some marriages, uh, it could be the man, like he just is totally biologically unaware of a woman's body. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so he has experienced an orgasm and he's just like done. Uh, and the Rolls woman is over. like, well, yeah, what happened to me? <laughs> um, you know, women are also able to experience orgasm and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always happen the way that you think. Uh, scientific studies have shown the large percentage of women cannot have orgasm through sexual penetration. And so that requires a whole different form of arousal and touching and stimulation in order for a woman to enjoy it as well. And that sometimes takes time. Yeah. And that's why it's important to take time for it and not feel like you have to rush in. And if it can happen in two minutes, then yeah, you oh, roll like over done. and yeah, go to sleep. Exactly. Bye. Like, <laughs> uh, for the poor guy, it's like I've done my work. Like, no, just like your wife loves you and has patience with you. 
also realize it's a two-sided story. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that God designed it. Yeah. The scripture shows us he designed man and he designed woman and he designed our bodies very uniquely mm-hmm. so that we do kind of have this system of like uh, gas and brake with one another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and to- not being selfish, but really, really looking for the other person's needs. Yeah. And that goes both no, ways. No, and being able to express that, yeah. to talk about it, or just yeah. even as you're making love to talk about that with one another or feel it out. Some com- communication doesn't even have to be verbal, even in the nonverbal, mm-hmm. that so many things can be said and expressed. Be sensitive. Right. Like it should not only be about you. Yes. But this leads us to the very last thing that we want to say for this podcast as yeah. we close it off on <laughs> You've Got This, and we're glad that you've joined us uh, on this. We're going to yeah. talk about this more. This is the first time, but it mm-hmm. won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just kind of end with a fun story because we said, you know, a lot of uh, sexual encounters with your spouse, uh, you should take time for them. But how do we want to end this? Well, I think sometimes you just don't have all the time, you know. So sometimes I was in in a class and it was about marriage and family and we're talking and especially, you know, like you mentioned, usually it's like, okay, the husband, he can take two minutes to be done. The wife, she needs a long amount of time. Uh, But this is not always the case. Sometimes it's the other way around. And sometimes, like someone said in my class, all I want is just coffee and a donut and not a five-course meal. (laughs) Exactly. So that was just kind of a fun way. And it was a woman saying this, you know. So this goes for men and women. It doesn't always have to be drawn out. But this is just a way. When when you have that good base. Yeah, exactly. Have a fling with your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Have a passionate sexual moment with them that is not a five-hour ordeal. Exactly, because those don't just, you don't. You know, affairs are not the only place where you can do that. If you want to keep things exciting, really find ways to do that with your own spouse, because that's definitely most possible. Well, we're glad that you have joined us again. A happy Valentine's Day, and we hope you enjoy the coffee and the donut. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of You Got This. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just want to talk to somebody, email us at podcast at bethelne.com and make sure you share this episode with everybody that you know. Subscribe to us on YouTube so you don't miss the next episode of You Got This, and we'll see you there.